For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Blue wire. What's up, everybody? This is Kyle Newback back with uh, another episode of the New Slant that I-, I don't think either one of us was expecting to record in such a short turnaround. But with me in the early hours of, of Thursday morning is my buddy Seamus Clancy. Seamus, how are you? A little sleepy, but doing okay. Yeah, you know, I, this is uh, when you wake up to a bunch of social media shots fired between Joel Embiid and, and Carl Anthony Towns. I suppose that's that's like a, a it's sort of like a, a cup of morning coffee. So here we are. We're here just to strictly to talk about the the big fight between Embiid and Towns. I don't even know if you could call it a fight. NBA fights rarely reach the level of actual this fight but it was uh quite an evening at the wells fargo center were you at the game Seamus, or are you watching at home i was at the game so i guess <laughs> what was your when did you realize something was happening because i know on press row i was sort of paying attention i was writing a note down on the play that led to it and then i look up and it's all hell is breaking loose yeah i missed the initial kind of scuffle after the positioning on the previous possession where they were already sort of their way down the court before anyone realized the extent of what Towns and Embiid were doing. And then at that point, just all hell broke loose in the center in terms of the fan response. Everyone was going insane. Right, and so you watched the replay. And look, I I had expected it to get a little testy because the way it was going in the third quarter, and Embiid even brought this up when he talked after the game, Embiid was getting the better of him, and there was an offensive possession where... What else is new? It, <laughs> he kind of put Towns under the rim on offense in the post and and scored, and then he just took both his arms and, and flexed it at Towns, and that was the moment where it was like, okay, this this might start to get real testy between these two and then right before the the scrap happens they double team and i i have to imagine that joel Embiid was just trash talking his butt off at towns and like look rightfully so this is one of the matchups that that these guys get fired up for it's one of their peers that they're compared against and clearly only one of those guys was built to stand up to the uh the scrutiny of, of their opponent yeah, I never want to ever, ever hear Towns mention the same breath as Embiid again in terms of some sort of comparison. Not that people really think he's better than him. I'm not just making some straw man arguments. There are a few people who probably think that, but he's just a cut above him as a player and entertainer and personality. I actually, I remember I got into an argument with, I can't even remember who it was, some like national level writer. I got into an argument years ago 
about Embiid having a higher ceiling. Than yeah, it was, it was it was a big debate in 2015 when Embiid hadn't played yet and Towns had a fantastic. Oh, I'm not year. even talking about before Embiid had played. I'm talking oh, about really? after they had oh. played. Oh no! And I said, look, it, so it was a whole thing where look, Joel hasn't even played basketball that long, and he's already really really good, and he's in another universe as a defender than Towns is. I don't think it's crazy. And look, here we are today after. I think the only time Towns got the better of Embiid was during Embiid's rookie year, and it was like the first. That was actually an awful game for yeah, the Sixers. Yeah, it was. It was the worst game I ever saw Okafor play. <laughs> well, it was one of those where it's it's Embiid. I mean, Towns got the best fr- of them. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Did you say it's the worst game Okafor played? Yeah, it was the worst game I've ever seen Okafor play. But Towns for sure got the better of Embiid that night. It was a TNT game. Yeah, it was like one of the first big national TV games that they had post-process, even though that was still kind of like process adjacent that year. A lot of Gerald Henderson that season. <laughs> and Ta- and Towns got him beat on a like a, a pump fake and go toward the end of that game that was the highlight of the game. But ever since then, Embiid has just he's owned him, as he was happy to point out on social media last night. And, and look, dude, I, I, I think – what was funny to me about this whole thing is before the game, not like the day of the game, but the days leading into the game, Carl Towns gets asked about whether it's a measuring stick matchup, and, and he's getting a lot of early buzz for for how well he's played so far. And he goes, that's what sells papers, but I ain't in the business of making you all money. I'm in the business of getting W's. And then he comes out and he tries to get into a fist fight with this dude in the middle of a game. It's like, dude, you don't have to pretend that you don't care about this matchup. It doesn't make you look any better. It doesn't make you look cooler. Nobody actually believes you. And then you get into an hours-long social media fight with Joel Embiid after the game. It's okay to say that you care about this matchup. I don't understand why these guys have to try to pretend. like That gives them any sort of mental edge coming into the game. Towns is the personification of I'm not mad, I'm actually laughing. It's 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 really silly stuff. So that was the the whole scene at the arena was great. That almost makes it better to me that he came in like, "Oh, it, it's no big deal to me. This this is just another game on the calendar." Then he gets flexed at and his team's down like 20 points at the time and he just absolutely loses his mind. So that was it was very funny to me personally, even as a an objective party here. Well, as a unobjective party, it was complete mayhem. It was one of the funnest experiences I ever had at the Sixers regular season game. It, I would say it's the funnest regular season game I've ever been a part of, and I've been to every home playoff game the last two years. Yeah, I wonder where I, that would rank. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen a lot of good games. I've had season ticket hold season tickets since 2014, so I've seen a lot of slop. But that was you've by seen far. a lot of slop if you've had them that long. Yes, locked into some eleven dollar tickets back in the day. What but, was the worst game of the eleven dollar ticket ever oh, that you sat through? I keep thinking of those Clippers games, but those were all on the West Coast. Those when they would lose by forty something points. Oh my god! I, I had I such know. a vivid memory of that game where Michael Carter Williams tried to throw a lob and it like flew off the backboard, and then Chris Paul 
threw an alley-oop off the backboard to Blake Griffin to put them up by like a billion points. It's weird that I don't actually, being kind of my brand, as we said in the last podcast, is being a miserable sports fan. I don't really remember any of those home losses. They all blur together to me. And the only thing that really stand out as those flashbulb memories are any kind of wins or like Embiid's game against Houston or national TV in 2018 in January of that year, his last game he played. Stuff like that is what sticks out. But obviously nothing, nothing compares. I didn't see many Iverson era games, just a handful. Uh but that was unbelievable. Just the atmosphere. Even before that, it just felt like I'm sitting there with my girlfriend, Ashley, Anthony Capelli, his fiance. We have season tickets together. And I'm just thinking, is this going to be the new norm? I don't want to, I'm not trying to qu- make this Eagles or Eaglesification of the Sixers or anything like that, but just they're comfortably handling this team by 15, 20 points at all times. They're not playing, even playing amazing. And it just looks effortless. Is this where we're at? And then just when I thought it couldn't get any better, something like that happens. Unbelievable. You know, it's funny, too, is on press row, there was almost the the opposite reaction where it was like <laughs> I'm it, shocked. It was, it was great where like it was a great team performance up to that point. But it just felt to us like there's not a lot of juice in this game. Like there wasn't a whole lot happening. The Sixers were winning comfortably. And I don't even think they would they didn't play terrific last night they were terrible on offense yeah the offense still had a ton of issues guys weren't making shots at times turning the ball over they weren't and like rich hoffman was like man this game's got negative juice we always we're always talking about juice and then big like big athletic two minutes later it's like oh buddy there's all the juice that you could ask for i suppose it's like Joel Embiid got he loves mangoes just got a mango and just squeezed all the juice out of it last (laughs) night Okay, so least surprising reaction from Sixers players after the game. Would you award it to Al Horford for, Al. Being, for being the NBA dad that everyone knows he is? Or do you give it to Mike Scott for absolutely just loving Joel Embiid getting in a fight with somebody? Well, my first thought would be Al Horford for his I'm too old for this shit routine, slowly walking up to the scrum. Or Mike Scott, I felt, looked back like a proud uncle at Joe, just saying, like, this is my dude, like, raising hell just the way I would in this situation. They're both yeah. great. They were yeah. both great. So for anybody who has not read the quotes yet, I'll, I'll read you these. So Please Al do. Hor- Al Horford, after the game, his mood was that everyone needs to learn their lesson. Here's the quote. Quote, it's just one of those things that you don't want to see in a game. Our game is a great game. That happened, and it was unfortunate. But I do hope that they both learn from this. There's just no place for that in our game. End quote. And that is just like the ultimate, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed, dad, sitting there. And you're not getting actually punished. But you know that like he's going to be looking down his nose at you for at least the next couple of days, if not a week or so. I love so Joel tweeted. Did you, I could read Joel's tweet from last night? Uh, we can. We'll save the tweet. We'll save for the, a second. Okay. <laughs> okay, but yeah, Mike Scott's like a proud uncle tonight, or last night, I should say. I just. Yeah. I love the way that it seemed like it didn't divide anyone in the team. No one had made any sort of passive aggressive comments on it. Ben. I mean, I'm not someone that always kind of jumps on like, oh, I thought these guys hated each other. I get they might have different personalities. I'm not here to like tell you everyone on the team needs to be best friends. But the way Ben jumped in that fight, too, like I'm surprised he kind of wasn't kicked out of the game, 
to a degree. It felt like I don't I didn't see it super well, but was he kind of throwing punches in there? He was scrapping. No, and I, the, the pool report from after the game, the official talked to a, a reporter about it, and the explanation essentially was that they believe Ben Simmons was at acting as a peacemaker now he's probably the he's first australian guy. he's the first guy in human history who put somebody in a chokehold and got labeled a peacemaker but I, I i do think that's probably a fair assessment of what was happening he was just trying to hold towns back by any means necessary i don't i don't think there's any real animosity there i think there i guess we could talk about the the potential suspensions at this point I think they're going to come down. I, like I, I think just by virtue of trying to throw a punch, Towns is going to get one. And Embiid, unfortunately for him, even though I think he might have been able to avoid it if it was just pushing and shoving both ways. It's very rare, though, that you see a fight like that happen and then there be overflow on the social media after the game and one guy gets out unscathed. So I, I think Towns might get a longer one, but I, I don't Which think Which would be hilarious. Either. It would be very funny, but I don't think either one of these guys is going to get out of this without some kind of suspension. No, I think we're looking at three to five games for Towns. Does that sound about right? And then maybe two, three for Joe? I was going to say two for Embiid, although like this whole thing. But you never know because people are like, oh, this guy does this whole wrestling NWO routine to go along with Rocky, whatever you want to say, to go along with the actual on-court altercation. And I don't know exactly how people in the league office or whoever comes down to making these decisions regarding suspensions views all of his additional antics and personality that surround the thing. Do they view him possibly as more of a aggressor because of all that, which I think is BS, but I'm just curious as to what sort of insight you might have into how that process goes. Well, I think number one, and Embiid actually brought this up, very briefly at his presser last night, I think one problem is that Joel already has kind of a reputation as number one, just a, an instigator, but also all like the flagrant foul stuff with him where he plays super physical. He's kind of on their, their bad side in that regard. And so I don't know if they'll use this as an opportunity to, to come down a little heavier on him. I, I would hope that's not the case. Cause I think this is a lot different than like, committing a hard foul there was obviously a, a frustration thing from a player who was getting beat pretty badly by a, a rival and so you you get I would think you try to contextualize that but you never know I do think to your point he has not helped himself with all the all the stuff that Philly fans loved about his his exit with the shadow boxing and egging on the crowd and and making Towns' mom mad in the stands, that's the kind of stuff that the league is going to say, you know, that's probably not helping your case here. And just for the, the best PR move, we need to to sit you on the sidelines for a couple of games. Yeah, but that's part of the fun. Like, I'd rather him – it sounds stupid. And then there was some, like, loser basketball Twitter nerd take from some guy who was like – well, uh, you know, if the Sixers lose home court advantage by two or three games, your Philly fans aren't going to be looking back at this as epic. And I was like, dude, I'd rather him get suspended for like four games instead of two games and have that memory and that sort of team bonding aspect, really, of those fights. I think that's something that kind of brings them together and us against the world mentality. Not that they necessarily needed that, but every team loves building up their own personal underdog story in a way and viewing themselves as this 
targeted, you know, entity in the league. Well, I, dude, I, I 100% agree. Actually, what I wrote last night was that, like, think about even the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. That team was would have been special for Philly fans just by virtue of being the first Super Bowl winner ever in this town. But it took it to another level because there were all these personalities and storylines that year, like the the dog mass and the underdog mentality. Nick Foles coming out of nowhere to return and lead this team to Super Bowl against all odds. And then Jason Kelsey during the parade just unleashing on all the critics. Like that was a very Philadelphia way to handle winning a championship. That all that stuff made it more special that season. And so as much as this is – yeah, if MB gets suspended for any extended period of time, which I don't think it'll be too long, maybe that impacts the race for, for home court and maybe that matters. But building this sort of bonds that you build through like identifying with the fans and, and representing the fans is way more valuable from a long-term perspective than that. Like the – Allen Iverson never won anything in Philly, but that dude is never has to buy a drink when he's in Philly again because he just understood what made this this city tick. That was a really me take. I like that you had you're the one who said it instead. But that, it's, it's, it's true. true. Yeah, I'm always right. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, I, so I, I want to see like the entire Sixers team doing the electric slide on the court after a win, the way the Eagles defensive backs did the electric slide in the field after Jalen Mills interception against the 49ers that year. I want to see that. That's the next evolution of their <laughs> crazy team antics. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but we will, uh, we'll get, you don't that know. <laughs> we, we don't know. We'll get back into the antics in just one second after a quick break to talk about our sponsors. I just want to make sure I talk to you guys about Harry's razors, which we've already discussed in the past. I think they're great. And whether you're looking in stores or on the internet, I know that picking a razor can seem a little comp- more complicated than it really should be. Like do people have been shaving for as long as time, as long as the history of man. So you walk into a store and you see all these options and they, they all name their blades differently and, and they make it seem like it, you're, it's rocket science. And it's really not. And Harry's Razors, is that's their mission, is to show you we just want to give you sharp blades at an affordable price and blades that are going to last on top of that. So the past few years, I've actually gone from, I used to be clean shaven all the time. So I've used many a razor in my day. Now I rock a little more scruff, but you still got to clean up for, you go to special events and weddings and what have you. And I can tell you that Harry's razors get the job done from personal experience. And if you're busy like I am running around to the arena, going to games, going to practices, Harry's especially makes it convenient, which for millennials like myself, convenience is everything. They ship refills to your door, $2 a blade. And the best part about it is they're risk-free. So if you don't like it, you can send them back. I don't know if you can send them back, but they will offer you a free refund. I don't think they want your your used blades, so definitely don't do that. But listeners of our podcast can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. Here's what you'll get. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, 
a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe that keeps your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and make it easy to grab on the go. So go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. Holiday season's approaching. The holiday rush is coming soon. If you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you got Black Friday coming up, holidays. You have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates. Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door, and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually referred for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. You always want the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE, that's B-L-U-E, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone, and at the top of the page, type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. All right, thank you for, for bearing with us there. So there's one more element of this, this bout between Townsend and Bede that we have to talk about, and that is what happened when most of you were sleeping and that the Instagram battle. So Seamus, how much have you caught up on and how much do I need to read to you in dramatic fashion as we sit here uh, on this fine rainy Thursday morning? So I saw Joel's post last night that the Towns post one and then delete it. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, I don't know if Towns deleted it. Oh, uh, he, he hid, is... he hid Joel's comment. Is that what it, happens yes okay so we'll we'll take that's sad that's really we'll, sad well so i i cannot speak to the claim that you all made that his comment was hidden but let's start from the beginning so i think start innocently enough joel does his, his typical post-game win instagram it was a little spicier than he's been recently quote great <laughs> the great team win i was raised around lions and a cat pulled me on me tonight, LMAO. Then he tags Jimmy Butler and says, I missed being part of the third stringers. Do you want to explain got, that? I will in a second. I got his mom giving middle fingers. That's some serious real estate. Hashtag fight night. Hashtag I ain't no bitch. So the third stringers illusion, for those of you who don't know, that's a reference to the reports out of Minnesota when Jimmy Butler was there claiming that Butler returned to practice after a, a hiatus from the team, joined the third stringers and just beat the brakes off of Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins and company. 
So Joel Embiid obviously intimately familiar with our friend Mr. Butler and wanted to throw that in Towns' face. So at this point, it's pretty pretty above board. Like I don't think anything that was said there was over the line. We're cruising for a nice, harmless Instagram battle. Would you agree, Seamus? I mean, he took it a pretty far, but I do love it. Well, pretty far, but there's no, there's no. Okay, there was. I mean, it profanity, was it, it was profanity. He. I'm not saying he insulted Cat's mother, but he didn't not insult her. He he did invoke the mom, which is always uh, that's a tough. It's a no no, but I'm here for it. Oh, and I we forgot to I forgot to mention the location tag on that photo is Broad Street Bullies Pub, which is an expensive nice nice selection. That's uh, it's an inspired choice. Okay, he's, so he's then, so good at that. Yeah, that was, I believe, I want to say that was around like 11.30 last night. And there's a lull for a couple hours. I'm I'm about to go to sleep. And I get a text from a buddy of mine who's actually a Wolves fan. He's like, dude, did you see Kat's Instagram? So here I go to Carl Towns' Instagram. Location tag, all bark and no bite. Appreciate that. I, Carl Towns stepping up to the location tag challenge. And here's what he says. And this is in the, if you guys are familiar with the SpongeBob meme where he's talking in a. Am I? (laughs) The SpongeBob meme where he's mocking how somebody talks and it's in alternating lowercase capital letters. Carl Towns, quote, I ain't no bitch raised around lions. And then there's a bunch of caps to indicate that Joel Embiid is lying, that he's capping for those who are not familiar. He went, Joe went no cap on record. Uh, oh, by the way, we'll get to the the capping part of this in a second. Let's get Town, Ryan Jones on for the Town, no cap Town, report. Towns then posts a bunch of clown emojis and hashtags bitch talk with a picture of Joel Embiid crying after their loss to the Toronto Raptors last year. Now that that upped the spice level in this fight by a, a decent degree. And I honestly, I give Towns a little bit of credit because I didn't know he had that in him. I'm surprised he said anything. He shouldn't have said anything. It's listen, stay down, Rocky. Yeah, he should just yeah. His PR person needs to be like, just stop. Just throw your phone. Stay into, down. Throw your phone into one of the ten thousand lakes around you. Throw the damn towel. But of course, look, I I respect him for not doing that. And, and I respect it, but he challenge. didn't do it well. Okay, so so that happens, and now at this point, it's two in the morning, and and Twitter is absolutely losing its mind. It's like. Oh, cat with the clap back, blah, blah, blah. I get, little do they know, 15 minutes later, I get an, an inst- a notification from Instagram that Joel Embiid has posted to his story. And I knew that things were about to take a turn. And so the picture is a screenshot from Joel Embiid claiming that Carl Towns deleted a comment or hid a comment that he left on Towns's page. Here's what the comment says from Joel Embiid. Quote, imagine talking after a 20-point loss. You hate to see it. LMAO. I love that that's just a thing that everyone says. Everyone's laughing. (laughs) Everyone's just, you hate to see it. Go ahead using that pick of me. Care about losing in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, wait, you've never been there. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's a classic one. (laughs) That's, That's also a classic. You don't know what it, what that is like. Or he says you don't know what is like. Obviously, Joel is a little too fired up to speak in complete sentences. Which I love. Yeah. 
no cap boy finally won three games and he's talking and i know you ain't talking you've been a pussy your whole life we're gonna have to edit that one out that's why you were treated like a bitch by you know who i ain't gonna put your business out but i got the facts about you don't get it twisted i own you and I love he added, I'm done trash talking. That's what you – like, I'm not going to argue oh, with you guys. It's some uh, Ciceronian rhetoric for anyone who took Latin in high school. Just like the perfect just – oh, I'm not, I'm not saying this, but I'm actually saying this. Well, that wasn't even the end of it. So that was on Instagram, and I thought, okay, it, nothing can happen after this. And it's it's got to quiet down at least until the morning. Fifteen minutes later, Joel Embiid posts that screenshot on Twitter, and he says, quote, that tough guy act ain't cutting it. You know what you are. You know what you've always been, a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Say it louder for people in the back. Been kicking your ass and pretty please make the playoffs before you talk. It's a known thing that I own you at Carl Towns. So he even added him. And that, like, listen, that's always a big complaint when, when people – talk trash and then don't add them joel was happy to just go right for the jugular there and let me put it this way none of this is helping him avoid suspension this is like now this is a story for multiple days instead of okay they, they talk about it mike scott gives some funny quotes last night and it's over this is now a a, a thing that the league is gonna have to to address and uh, personally, I find this whole thing hilarious, and I wish stuff like this happened more often. Nobody really cares, except some concerned parents about language on on Twitter and Instagram. But my son is reading this right now. Yeah, right. I mean, look, there are going to be people who who have that reaction, and, and and fair enough. But for me, it's just I find the whole thing very amusing, and. This is like this is the sort of people always say, Oh, I wish it was the old NBA was back where guys actually dislike each other and they're real rivalries. It's like, well, listen, man, you got one. This was awesome. Yeah. But, but by the way Have you ever covered I, something like this? No, I mean I've written fake oral histories about games that NBC Sports Philadelphia decided not to broadcast for some reason. And, and Those were the best ones. Of, all kinds of goofy stuff, but this is definitely a first. Oh, I've got to circle back. The, the cap-in thing. So last night, and I hate to put him on blast because I'm friendly with him. He's a good guy. But Sopan Deb, who covers the, <laughs> covers the NBA for the New York Times, is, is tweeting about this last night and i guess he has no idea that that capping is a thing and so so he reads he he reads joel's instagram last night and he's instead of saying no cap he thinks that joel is saying to carl towns no hat boy and he thinks he's calling him a no hat boy so i don't even know what the hell that insult would be or your dude doesn't even wear hats what is he doing (laughs) and it's like Listen, Sopan, if you're listening to this, I love you, buddy. But if you're going to cover the NBA, <laughs> you need to know what capping is and what that emoji means. I'm sorry. That's just that's that's how it is and that's how it's got to be. It reminds me of back in 2018 during the middle of that entire Colangelo saga. I think it was a Celtics. It wasn't like a Celtics blogger. It was a Celtics beat, right? Like an official beat writer. He might be with The Athletic or like NSEN, whatever that network is. And Joel tweeted Sips. 
it was a Wednesday in Philadelphia. Obviously, everyone knows what Center City Sips <laughs> yes. is. And he, and he went, oh, Joel sipping some tea right now over the Brian Colangelo sack. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, dude. That's a thing. Not classic not from here move. Yeah. Listen, all, all I ask is that before you tweet or write something, try to understand what you're talking about. I don't know that I always live up to that all the time, but I try, not hold, me. I try to hold myself to that standard. So anyone who's confused about emojis that are adjacent to the NBA or NBA culture, please do yourself a favor and do a refresher course Go to Urban Dictionary. Do whatever you have to do to figure this out. Um, I think that's probably about all we have to say about a a brief fight and social media battle. Unless, Seamus, you have any closing thoughts. I'm going to get some sleep after getting almost none last night. A brief inquiry into online relationships. No, I don't really have anything else to say. That was awesome. All right. What well, a night. What a night. Yeah, well, we said probably wouldn't talk to you guys until next week. And then one day later... Joel Embiid decides, hey, I'm going to really get under the skin of one of the, the best big men in the league. So, Seamus, thank you for hopping on with me, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, pal. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.